Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. This hour of the Mark Reardon Show is sponsored by Gamma Tree Experts. Your trees deserve the best care. Call Gamma Tree Experts. All right, welcome back. Second hour of St. Louis' Home for Conservative Talk. It's Mark Reardon. Sue Thomas is here. Fred in the uh, room as well. Fred Bottenheimer over there, ladies and gentlemen. Got to start with Fred, Sue, because uh, he blew up a studio. I don't know if you heard about that. I'm sorry, what? Fred, what happened? Tell us what happened. Yeah, the studio I work in, um, I was just doing like usual, and sparks flew out. And it, that's the exact sound. Oh, my God. Yeah, like so, He was telling me this earlier. Wait a minute. I was in another studio, and the, the engineer comes in and goes, yeah, that one's going to be down for a while. For and a I couple said, days. And I said, what happened? And Fred was like, yeah. Yeah, it just kind of like, blew up on Wait me. a minute, Fred, were you recording a show? What were you doing in there? What I normally do, just pulling Drinking coffee sound. and no. dumping it all over the board? <laughs> That's right. No, no food. Just, you know, pulling bits, of, bits and pieces of sound for Mark to use. Sparks? That, that it was doesn't a spark-like sound. Like sound that yeah. doesn't sound good when we're. Uh, Holy yeah. cow! That is terrifying. I think it is kind of terrifying. You're Wait. okay though, right? Oh yeah, it's fine. Although because I, I mean, sued it... the company too. Think about that. I think you've been injured, Fred. I really do. Look at those burn marks. Oh, yeah, I see them. Right. I see it from here. And after after it was fixed, it happened again. So, Did it really? Yeah. So wow. now it officially is dead. Okay. Now, is this the big studio no, or the little a, one that little you're one. in? Real okay. little one. Okay. It, is it's the Fred Cubby Hole? It's D. Yeah, but I use that studio quite a bit. It's like a, a space oh, shuttle. Over oh, the sorry. years, I have used space it. shuttle. Yeah. yeah, it's small. It is yeah. Fred. Wow, this is quite the day you've had. It's the way it happens. Uh, A couple things here before we get to Sue's news, and we're going to follow on this in an hour with Jazz Shaw because he wrote about it. I don't know if you saw this piece, Fred, but this is surprising to me. I think we heard about it in the past, but I guess given the nature of the charges from a few weeks ago, they're starting to film Rust again. Yeah, I I saw that. So that's weird, even though he's been charged, and I guess it's – the guy who was shot, Joel Souza, who is the assistant director, he's going to be the director. Um, there is a stunt director that was there that's coming back, a designer, costume designer, makeup. They're all back. But I guess Alec Baldwin, I, I, you know, Abby was talking with me in the 
in our office that we share about this, and she said, I can't believe they're going to do that. Who's going to see the movie? And I'm like, I think there's going to be more oh, people that go lot. to the movie than if mm-hmm. you know they would have just released it as a small independent project. Right. Yep. If you come from the uh, Donald Trump school of there's no publicity that's bad publicity, and I think in this case you almost have to, people will be so aware of this movie you don't even have to really do a bunch of ads. Well, yeah, They're like, then, oh, that was the one where the director was shot, I, right? I guarantee, yeah, I think there will be a lot more people that regularly will see this than would have had this not happened. Absolutely. All right, the other story that I wanted to get to here, so I don't know if you talked or you heard about this, and they may have covered it on Fox. I watched, uh, walked out of the studio. Do you hear John Fetterman is uh, in the hospital for depression? No. Oh. Yeah, he has uh, checked himself in. Now, remember last week he felt lightheaded. They thought maybe he had another stroke. His office said today that he's going to receive treatment for clinical depression. Um, his spokesman said, while John has experienced depression off and on throughout his life, it's only become severe in recent weeks. The bottom line is here, the, the guy should not be in the United States Senate. He, he Shouldn't have done it. You know, they put him up to it because they needed the seat. I'm sure the Republicans would have done the same thing if someone was in um, a health crisis like that. But the guy at this point needs help. Right. And I, I'm sorry. I to yeah, I know. It's not it's not a good situation. Uh, and then, Fred, we played. The, I just have to revisit this. I almost feel like I have to revisit it every hour and maybe we'll <laughs> use it as cut of the day. As react. You heard the Don Lemon comment, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah this whole talk about age makes me uncomfortable. I think that I think it's the wrong road to go down. She says people, you know, politicians or something are not in their prime. Nikki Haley is in her prime. Sorry. When a woman is considered to be in her prime in her 20s and 30s and maybe 40s. What do you talk? Acor- Wait. I, that's not according to me. Prime Uh-oh. for what? Uh-oh. I, it depends. I mean, it's just like prime. If you look it up, it'll say, if you look, if you Google when is a woman in her prime, it'll say 20s, 30s and 40s. You know, my but, big question is, why is he Googling when is a woman in her prime? Because you know what? Clearly he did that. He, there's no <laughs> doubt he did that Except- because when you Google that, it does say, but they're talking about childbearing, not professional career-wise. Correct, and that's why when the when his co-host said, uh, in the prime Poppy for Harlow. what? Poppy Harlow. Right. right. What are you talking about? Does she need to be able to reproduce to have this office? I don't think so. Well, and I mentioned this in the last hour. He's gotten into some heat because apparently he had a bit of a shouting match after a show a few weeks ago. The show is in turmoil because the ratings aren't there, so he's got an HR issue. Then he says this, I can't imagine that did not become an issue after they turned off the, uh, the cameras, right? Why in... In all rational thinking, would you say something like that, just about age and women in general? Fox News jokingly said this morning, uh, we think he more people see him on Fox and highlights than actually watch him on CNN. <laughs> That's probably true. There's no doubt that that would be the case. Oh, my I mean, goodness. The ratings, the, this is what always baffles me about the rest of the legacy media, that they don't understand that people— don't have the desire for the indoctrination that they have on CNN. Now, you could say the same thing. Fox, they certainly lean to the right. And if you take the hosts out of it, look, I would make the case, the strong case, that the news product is really strong on Fox with Jennifer Griffin. Brett Baer does a great job. They have great Griff Jenkins. The reporters out in the field do great work. I would put them up against CNN Ducey at any time. But the anchors throughout the day on both stations lean either left or right, mm-hmm. right? There's no doubt. But the the, dif- the difference is CNN does not get ratings. They had ratings when Trump was in office because people wanted to see the blank show. Right. That's, that's why they did so well. But they are challenged right now. So I'll be very curious to see what they're going to do. I guess um, Bill Maher's going to get a show, but it's only like going to be one night. 
Oh, um, is that how Fridays, they're going to do right? it? And that, that'll be, I think that'll be successful because he'll cut into the, the woke nonsense a little bit and people like me will watch, right? Yeah, people like us, probably. some of us will watch. All right, let's do this here this afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. These allegations are deeply concerning. Does the president have any comment? We're not going to comment. It's not clear messaging. No, 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 no. And now, Sue's News. Brought to you by Sue. Fred, uh, I can't print out Sue's news because we have no paper. You know, <laughs> I was I was cutting paper to size. We have a lot of legal paper. <laughs> oh, that's so a great idea. I can just cut it. I found a big scissors, oh, th- and I can cut my own copy paper. I found a big really, scissors. You talked about that yesterday. Are you really doing that? Yeah. Wow. He found a big scissors, <laughs> Mark. Come I'll on. Be, I'll be making highlighters soon. Hey, will you and take- manila folders? <laughs> will you take the excess? And, and maybe some scrap paper. We, oh, I would, I'll yeah, use okay. it if you do that. I know where it is. We Thank have this, you. We, I think you can hear it on some of the what we call like the imaging promos here on Odyssey St. Louis <laughs> yeah. and all the stations. We ask people to do their one thing, right? Yeah. Fred does about a hundred of those yes, things. Yes, he for, does. For the environment, yes, for the company, does. all of these things. It's very impressive. <laughs> yes, he does. I guess he's forced into it because otherwise we can't do our jobs, right? Uh, well, yeah. Fifty-five years ago today, in 1968, the first 911 call was made in the U.S. It was made in Alabama by the Alabama Speaker of the House. Great Britain, apparently, was the first country to actually create a universal emergency number. And, we, and they did it in 1937, and it wasn't until... 1968 that it occurred what? to the U.S. that maybe we should try something like that. How Isn't that nuts? We, that is really crazy. Yeah. Now, and then, do you remember, like, Abby, do you know what 411 is? That's like the information yeah. hotline, right? How about right? that? That's impressive, Now, man. does that exist? That doesn't exist I don't anymore, know. Does it? does it, Fred? I looked I at Fred. Know. Fred's almost died from sparks. <laughs> I don't know why I'm asking call him. That thing. I'm just going to call 411 here. Yeah, see what, happens. see what happens. Or is I, that the one that tells you if there's a, a line underneath your ground? The service you are calling is not available. Oh. I think it's two one one. Okay, two one one is what you call if you're going to dig. Yeah. If you're going to dig I up power dig lines. Right. I thought that was one eight hundred dig. That's right. what I thought it was. Oh. There's a hotline number too. Well, call two one one and see what happens. <laughs> now, uh, it it did. Okay, 1937. Okay, now in Britain it is nine 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 or one one two. That's their nine one one. Just to confuse everyone forever. <laughs> And Canada copied us and uses the 911. Uh, just letting you know, if you haven't been in Canada, that you is can shocking dial 911 that it, that it took that long, yes. it really is. And also, 26 years ago today, in 1997, Jeff Gordon became the youngest winner of the Daytona 500. He was only 25 years old. And then Trevor Bain did it in 2011 when he was only 20. Well, and, and that was, when Jeff Gordon won, that was, I don't know if you can pinpoint that exact moment because NASCAR was certainly big in the 90s, but man. That really that was, had an effect. It did have an effect. I totally agree. Jeff Gordon just appears to be one of the nicest people. I mean, not that I've ever met him, but he just seems really great. Somebody and says Daytona's Dig coming is up this weekend. 711. Yep, that's why I bring it up. Uh, uh, somebody just said Dig is 711. Hmm. Oh, 711. Huh. Did anyone call 211? What happened? Anything? No one tried. I'm afraid no to one call tried. now. <laughs> what you actually th- you think that's a thing? Well, it, Abby it said, what do like you think it was? Shelters I thought it was two one one, but I googled it and I found eight one one. So it say? emergency, please 
I think it says United Way 211. Yeah. Oh. That well, might be if you need a show is educational. If anybody can remember any number, I will, it's a now, small miracle. Is, but I called it. Uh, now, this story was out yesterday, but I thought maybe I'd mention it. You know, since we had Steve Butts on talking about how Hyundai and the Kias are all getting stolen, and they finally put out a fix. And it's uh, now you can go to your dealer and get one. They're starting with Hyundai. Now, the fix is free. They're supposed to be doing a software upgrade. But if you have a 2017 to 2020 Elantra, 2015 to 2019 Sonata, or a 20 to 20, 20 to 21 Venue, those are the first ones. And Kias haven't been released, so we'll see how that goes. I have a 26, 2016 Elantra. Ooh, so I just Fred. Man, you did. But here's the thing. No thief knows this. Which year you're... I mean, right. they're not studying this stuff. So they're giving you a little sticker that says, I've been repaired. I'm now proof from... I don't know if that'll do any good. Will anybody look for that? I don't know. But Steve Butts was saying he's having a hard time. Well, he's not, but... The insurance companies aren't insuring these things, because why would you? I just want the sticker. All right, well, Fred, we'll get you a sticker. <laughs> and, uh, uh, well, okay, this is another one of these things that Mark just loves. A university professor in London with a Ph.D. in music psychology claims to have cracked the formula to creating a happy song. Now, basically, the song has to be in a major key. 137 beats per minute and other musical uh, technicalities. Oh, and you got to be able to dance to it. You understand. There are, I have the top 10 songs that follow this formula. Now, we're only going to play the top two, but I'm going to go over them. Number 10 is September by Earth, Wind, and Fire, which to me should be way higher. Right. I love that song. Okay. Number nine, Waterloo by ABBA. YMCA by The Village People at number eight. I Get Around by the Beach Boys at number seven. Number six, The Sun is Shining by Bob Marley. By the way, these again are the happiest songs. Uptown Girl by Billy Joel, number five. Get the Party Started by Pink, which for no reason annoys me. I'm annoyed by that song and I can't explain why. And number three, House of Fun. I listened to this and didn't recognize it. So I just thought, we'll just do the top two. This is the number two song. Mm. Wow! I feel good. I knew that I wouldn't. If only the title Come of the song on. indicated how you're supposed to feel, right? <laughs> yeah. Kind of cool. So good. So good. I got you. Now, I think that's pretty strong. However, this, according to this PhD in music psychology, is the happiest song out there. I, I love the colorful clothes you wear. And what, did you say the other Beach Boy song was number four? Uh-huh. Okay. Good oh, no, no. Number one? No, uh, seven. Okay. I get around. But a couple of uh, Beach Boy songs, yeah. right? Well, that's what they were all about, making people feel good. I do like good vibrations, so that's good. I like it. Now, good choice. the guy who came up with this formula... Uh, teamed up with some musicians to make what is... Did we get this one, Abby? Were you able to put yeah. it in there? Mm-hmm. It, and they created, based on his formula, what they think would be the perfect happy song. This is called The Lighter Note, and it's on SoundCloud. Is this it? This is it. There are no words. It's 
just this. Okay. All right. Okay. No. I feel like I could okay. start my morning with this song, All right, though, honestly. Like, there you go. It's a little peppy. It's peppy. <laughs> and I just, it's so hard to tell, though. Without, right? You yeah. Know. You know what? No I, can never, I can never figure out what's the difference between a major key and a minor key. Oh, you, you know it when you hear it. A oh. minor key sounds... Uh, Dark and depressing. Yeah, well, that's a possibility, but yeah. but not not as harmonious as you would want it. You know what okay. I'm saying, Fred? I'll know it when I hear it. When you get hit by a spark, maybe it'll change <laughs> everything, and suddenly you'll know minor keys. See, I just hate it when people say science has created the music that we think that it never works. Thank there you. There it is. Thank you. <laughs> and finally, in Sue's news, uh, Sue's news, we have today's random fact. Uh, I like a Cheeto. I like a puffed Cheeto. I don't like the crunchy. Fred, oh, what are your thoughts? Crunchy. Ooh, crunchy. You're crunchy. crunchy. Most oh, yeah. people crunchy. are crunchy. What about you, Abby? Crunchy over Dang, puff. I'm the only puffed. But I like the puff, too. I'm just crunchy over puff. <sighs> Alexa Rudin's kind of wavered, gone back and forth. My daughter really used to love the crunchy. Now, she's poofy. puffed. She's poofy. Yeah, now, see? Come she on to the, the good side. Except it gets all over your fingers. Well, no matter what it you does, do. It does, but the other thing about <laughs> crunchy, and this is true with, with a lot, just your teeth, right? It's just yeah. kind of... But I love them. They I are good. Too. I have some at home right now. Here is the history of Cheetos. Cheetos exist because of the U.S. military. It needed a way to ship and store cheese during World War II, and a USDA scientist invented cheese powder. And then after the war, manufacturers, including the Frito-Lay Company, bought the leftover powder and came up with new ways to use it. And the first way they came up to use it was Cheetos. Wow. That's Isn't really that? good. Uh-huh. It's interesting, isn't it? Now I want God Puff bless Cheetos. America is what Come I would say to that. My God, that's outstanding. And that is truly a random fact. On this Thursday, we'll have, of course, another edition of Sue's News tomorrow afternoon, right after the Reardon Roundtable. We have Paul Hall on entertainment. Also, uh, Frank Cusimano every Monday and Friday, so he'll visit with us tomorrow, 445. By the way, a sad story today. Tim McCarver died at the age of 81. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there 
there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, before my next guest here, um, Alicia Finley's coming up with the Wall Street Journal. We're going to talk about how the climate crusaders are coming for your electric cars, too, which is comical when you hear about it. A couple of tweets I wanted to highlight here, though. We talked about the passing of Tim McCarver, and one of the things that I mentioned at the beginning of the show is I loved watching Tim with Danny Mac before, you know, he kind of gave it up in the COVID year, didn't want to travel. Uh, Dan McLaughlin has tweeted about Tim McCarver this afternoon. He said, I'm deeply saddened after hearing uh, about the passing of Tim McCarver. He was a Hall of Fame Cardinal broadcaster and person. More importantly, he was my friend. I'm going to miss him so much. Haven't just got the best storyteller and analyst ever. I love you, partner. And they were just so good. Aww. Together And then, and I, I should have known perhaps before the show, uh, but I should say this anyway, Don Lemon on the, uh, the comments about the women, he did apologize on Twitter, and here's what he said. And by the way, it's sometimes really fun to watch and just look at the comments for things like this. I'll give you an example in a second. So he tweeted out the reference I made. Well, let me just, for people who might have missed this, let me put this into context. This is what he said earlier. This whole talk about age makes me uncomfortable. I think that I think it's the wrong road to go down. She says people, you know, politicians or something are not in their prime. Nikki Haley isn't in her prime. Sorry. When a woman is considered to be in her prime in her 20s and 30s and maybe 40s. What do you that's, talk- not acor- Wait. I, that's not according to me. Prime for what? Uh, it depends. All right, so it, got, it went on from there, and the, the, there was a little pushback from Poppy Harlow. But here's what he tweeted. The reference I made to a woman's, quote, prime, unquote, this morning was inartful and irrelevant. Yep. Wow. As colleagues and loved ones have pointed out, and I regret it, a woman's age doesn't define her either personally or professionally. I have countless women in my life who prove that every day. And then the second guy that chimed in, well, Bethany Mandel, who's been a guest on the show, she's a pundit. She said, what's a woman? Who's a woman? (laughs) Oh, man. And then one guy, Arthur Schwartz, I don't know who he is, but he said, you're still on TV? (laughs) Which I thought was pretty good. Uh, maybe not for long, based on the ratings. All right, so I found this fascinating, and we've highlighted this before, but Alicia Finley did a great job in the Wall Street Journal writing about some of the additional hypocrisy of the climate change crusaders there, in particular on the topic of electric cars. She joins us this afternoon on St. Louis's home for conservative talk. Alicia Finley, how are you? Good, thanks. You know, I saw one story. Before we get into to all the details here, I, I, I think I saw a story yesterday from CBS that indicated that in some spots on the East Coast, people who have EVs, it's more costly than filling up the gas tank for electric vehicles. Are you familiar with that scenario at all? I think that could be the case because the East Coast has actually some of the highest electricity prices in the country. And actually gasoline right now isn't all that, or relatively speaking, compared to earlier or last year, isn't all that expensive. Um, So it very well could be, especially when you have states that have rate utility rates um, that increase with the more uh, power you use. So an EV sucks up a lot of power, so therefore they could actually end up being a lot more expensive. 
So your story focuses on, and look, I, I guess my position has been in order to um, solve, is an interesting word, to solve the climate crisis, we'll all be living in essentially houses, if you want to call them that, that are about you know 400 square feet. And I think some people have even crunched the numbers and done the math on this when it comes to the amount of space that we should all have or take up in the, uh, the future because of fossil fuels and CO2 emissions. But on the electric vehicles, which seemingly are sold as a great way to reduce emissions, there's a lot more to the story, isn't there? I think that's right. I mean, one of the things that often gets overlooked is that these are the, they're powered by lithium-ion batteries, which include a number of minerals, graphite, lithium being a big one of the primary ones, but also nickel, cobalt. And these minerals have to be mined out of the earth and extracted just like, uh, you know, fossil fuels, gas, coal, and oil. And the process of extracting them uses a lot of energy as does and water and as the process of actually processing them um, into uh, basically the anodes and cathodes that go into the battery cells. So these are actually places like China, where uh, most a lot of the power generation is actually coal. Um, EVs can actually emit over their life cycle more uh, CO2 carbon emissions than a gas or a gas-powered car. Yeah, and that's not the way it's supposed to work, is it? <laughs> No, I mean, the, the whole point, I mean, there are certain benefits of, uh, of EVs uh, for consumers or some reasons why they like them. They're quieter. Um, they, they, some people actually like to be able to charge in, in their garages, uh, though they take a long time to charge if, you, if you're driving them on the road. Uh, but the, the benefits, the environmental benefits are really negligible, especially when you're considering the fact that it, it's not just the, the greenhouse gas emissions when uh, the, the process of mining and processing these uh, these minerals releases a lot of toxic chemicals I mean, to water streams. And they, I mean, mining can be done safely and is more so in the U.S., but in a lot of places where these minerals are mined, China, uh, Chile, uh, the Democratic Republic of Congo, they don't really have very high environmental standards. So you get a lot of water and, and land uh, contamination um, that is really doesn't exist with fossil fuel uh, extraction. So when you, places, when, when you wrote this piece that was um, just in earlier this week on, on all this, you, you were citing a report that, that came out. What was the report that came out? So this was a report from the, the University of California, Davis, and a group called the Climate Community Project. Um, it's a somewhat progressive think tank. But, you know, a lot of the other uh, the report basically says that we need to reduce our car dependency. Um, it's not just enough to uh, uh, for all of us to drive EVs or replace all the gas powered uh, cars on the road with EVs. We actually fewer people need to drive. Yeah, um, and that's right. the only way to get to those, you know, the world or the, the, the net carbon world that a lot of you know, people on the left envision. Yeah. In, in fact, you write in here, the report concludes that the auto sector's current dominant strategy, which involves replacing gasoline-powered vehicles with EVs without decreasing car ownership and use, is likely incompatible with climate activists' goal to keep the planet from warming by more than 1.5 degrees Celsius compared with pre-industrial times. Instead, the report recommends government policies that promote walking, cycling, and mass transit. You know, the, the, the one thing that always, I think, gets lost in translation, and you're, are you an East Coaster originally by any chance or not? Yes, 
or no, actually, I, I lived there, you know, for, for many years, but no, not originally. Have you, have you ever spent any time out in the hinterlands, like here in Missouri or the Midwest? Not a substantial amount of time, no. No, the reason I, I'm not, I'm not trying, I'm just curious because one, one thing that happens with a lot of the, the progressives in particular, you know, in California, I would say the coastal elitist, just because I'm in the middle of the story, they don't understand that people who have SUVs and people here in St. Louis who have um, trucks, they use those. They're not just driving trucks because they want to drive a truck. Maybe some people are, but you put things in your trucks and you have farms and you hunt and you haul stuff. And if you have a big uh, SUV and you have a family, I got a family that lives next door to me that has three kids. They're always going to sporting events. They're traveling across the Midwest. People use those vehicles. And there, there always is this, I think, overriding assumption in some of the, um, you know, well, this would be the LA Times coverage, not the Wall Street Journal's, Alicia, don't get me wrong, that somehow SUVs and trucks are inherently bad because they're so big. And it's a, it's a lack of recognition of how people live their lives in this country, which maybe it's not because they want us to change our lives, right? I think that's uh, exactly right. <laughs> uh, SUVs and trucks, I think they make up more than two-thirds of car sales in the country. I mean, that wasn't necessarily so about a decade ago. They were only about a third. But people like their bigger trucks or bigger cars. Um, they feel safer. Uh, you know, they, they, a lot of people do use, as you say, the SUV in their trucks to haul things. And one of the issues with the EVs is um, if you attach a tractor to the, the new uh, truck or the like the Ford Lightning that's coming out. Right, right. Uh, the, right. They don't go as far on a charge um, and people don't realize that. Yeah, that's another issue. And then let me let me close with this, because you raise this point in the piece in, in the journal that you, you mentioned the shortage of minerals. That's going to lead to prices going up for EVs, right? Oh, of course. I mean, there are already uh, there's a lot of pressure right now on the automakers to keep down the prices to qualify for the subsidies, at least in the U.S. Um, under the Inflation Reduction Act, which only limits uh, limits the the seventy five hundred dollar uh, tax credit to cars that I think it's around fifty five thousand for uh, sedans and around eighty thousand for trucks and SUVs. So the the Manufacturers right now are trying to keep their prices down just to qualify for the subsidies, but if they want to be profitable, the prices are going to invariably have to rise. And you've been seeing that, you know, in past several years as mineral prices for lithium and such have increased, um, and so have the EVs. In fact, EVs right now are about 25% more expensive, but they were actually, if the automakers were actually selling them um, at a profit, um, they'd be much more so. Yeah, and you, I like the way you closed this. Progressives' ultimate goal is to reduce consumption and living standards because they believe humans are a menace to the earth. I don't think you can deny that at this point. Uh, but awesome work, Alicia Finley, in the Wall Street Journal. And it's just another one of these stories that kind of makes a lot of us out here scratch our heads on some, some of the push toward EVs and the other nonsense out there. And then I see, I, I, you know, this is a separate story, but I just thought of it because I saw some coverage yesterday that there's these whales that are washing up on, on some of the shores out on the East Coast, and they think some of it has to do with some of the wind farms. Yeah, so, so I've been hearing, um, and, you know, the, that's the other issue is there's no free lunch with the green energy. The solar panels have been found to kill birds. Uh, the, you know, a lot of the wind farms, they've actually been found to disrupt uh, the, the mating uh, habits of, of, you know, marine uh, fish and other, other species. So these, you know, green energy in itself also has environmental impacts and harms. Alicia Finley, great to have you on here in St. Louis on 97.1 FM Talk. I appreciate it very much. Good luck with everything. Thanks.
Sue just said something to me in the break that piqued my interest, and uh, you mentioned Michael Irvin. You said, what's up with Michael Irvin? And before we get to what's up with Michael Irvin, it reminded me, I sent this to, <laughs> sent this to a couple of people this morning, because um, another uh, former cowboy, Emmett Smith, sent a tweet out that said, the man who inspired me to play the game of football has transitioned to be with the Lord. And I swear to God, when, when he said that, there was a woman in the picture, and I thought that Emmett Smith was saying, the man who inspired me has transitioned to become a female. Uh, so that caught me off guard. But you asked about Michael Irvin, and this is interesting. I didn't really talk about this last week. So before the Super Bowl, he does coverage on the NFL Network, right? right? He's always doing coverage. Last week, he meets with this woman. A woman comes up to him at this lobby in Arizona at the hotel. And after the exchange, which allegedly was 45 seconds, Michael Irvin says, we spoke for 45 seconds. She claims that he did something bad, right? I don't even know what it is because nobody knows right right now. And he's removed from the coverage. Unbelievable. He's ordered to change hotels. He's pulled from his appearance on ESPN's first take. Now he has responded with a $100 million lawsuit for defamation saying, what, what? I, I didn't, didn't do, do anything. anything, right? Uh, the, now, TMZ put out a story just a few minutes ago. Uh, first of all, they say that eyewitnesses describe the interaction that you just talked about as jovial and completely harmless. Right. So the judge has said... Um, the judge has ordered that the hotel now must turn over any video it has of the interaction. And uh, in fact, he also ordered, or maybe a female judge, I don't know, that the, the hotel must provide the name of Irvin's accuser. So they don't even have that. Yeah. I, the whole thing is, and I, I don't know what happened and maybe in the end here, but the well, way that my, look, the way that Michael Irvin fought this from the beginning and he said, and he, he wasn't trying to hide anything, he said, look, this took anything. place for 45 seconds. What could I have done in 45 seconds that was so horrific? Now, maybe he dropped some language that was completely inappropriate. I don't know if you'll be able to detect that from a video, but it is very questionable. I, and I they have it. witnesses that back up his story. Exactly. And the judge also says they want now the names of anybody else who may have filed a complaint against him, and they've ruled the hotel must reveal the names of the NFL employees who received the complaints because they then are the ones who made the phone calls that somehow got him pulled off the air. So listen, here's the Dallas Morning News coverage of this, okay? They say this is Marriott banned Irvin this week from all of its properties. What? What? Multiple people with direct knowledge of the situation told the Dallas Morning News Marriott has surveillance video of the encounter between Irvin and the female employee. She is listed as Jane Doe in the lawsuit. The exact nature of her accusation toward Irvin is not known. Phoenix police have not received a criminal complaint related to the matter. Uh, let's see. Irvin, Pro Football Hall of Fame, uh, worked for the NFL media. Let's see if anything. Uh, on Monday, Irvin contributed to the NFL Network's coverage of opening night. The event featured players with uh, coaches from the Kansas City Chiefs and the Eagles who will meet Sunday. This was last week, okay? Um, in response to the misconduct, NFL media canceled all of his Super Bowl appearances. And ESPN canceled the Friday appearance. So he was basically just removed from all of the coverage. And they don't even say her name, so the judge has to get that from the hotel? Okay. How could they have done that without looking at footage beforehand? Do you here's know more, what I mean? Right. Here's more details. Okay. Okay. In a phone interview this week, now this goes back to last week because the story's from last week. Okay. This is before the Super Bowl. Irvin said he had dinner and drinks with former Cowboys safety Michael Brooks before returning to the Renaissance Hotel. 
Uh, Byron Davis, Joe Manuel, and Phil Watkins said that they were at the hotel bar's lounge. These are the three witnesses, right? Okay. When spotting Irvin standing there upon his return chatting with fans. The three men who are business associates, had not previously met Irvin and are not Cowboys fans, they said, right? Okay. Davis, who owns Mice Media, works with Watkins there, supports the Eagles. All provided a similar account. Using a waitress as an intermediary, Davis and Manuel offered to buy Irvin a drink. He declined. Soon afterward, he walked over and thanked them, explaining he had a Monday morning appearance on ESPN. The four men chatted. Irvin was asked if he would take a photograph with him. He said yes, but requested for the picture to be taken outside. According to the cell phone timestamps Davis provided, these photos were taken at 11.08 p.m. The men returned to the hotel lobby. Davis detailed a female staffer approaching Irvin and striking up a conversation. He recalled Irvin's hands being on his own shirt, right? Davis says it was very distinct. I remember where his hands were because I remember thinking he was in good shape for an almost 60-year-old guy. He leaned over, shook her hand, And I'm telling you right now, that conversation was about 30 seconds. If it was a minute, I would be shocked. I think 30 seconds, just a normal back and forth. And they say 45 is where it landed, right? Michael walks toward the elevator. She goes back into the restaurant. Everything is as normal as could possibly be, and that's it. Davis, Manuel, and Watkins said that to them. There was no evidence the conversation between Irvin and the staffer was heated or inappropriate. They all expressed surprise upon learning of the controversy. I didn't see anything obvious, Manuel said. It makes you wonder. Look, I've got a 13-year-old daughter. I'm all for respecting women and all that, but we live in a country where you're innocent until you're proven guilty. Well, I don't know about that anymore. It seems to me that someone can make a remark like that and the guy's reputation is at stake here. His whole livelihood is at stake, so I thought it was pretty aggressive. Now, you would think but I'm I'm telling you, I would caution people because in my mind, when, when things don't make sense, I question those I'm skeptical. Right. So my it, when I just read that line, Sue, that said that they have banned him from all the properties, that would seemingly indicate that people from Marriott looked at this video and they said, whatever Michael Irvin did was inappropriate. But you got three guys that offered to buy him a drink that are at the bar that all said, we saw this and there wasn't nothing anything happened. there. And if if it was just whatever. So he didn't touch her. Right. We don't know. He didn't touch her. He didn't slap her ass or something. What did he say that could have been that potentially offensive? I don't and by know. the way, if he did say something, can you prove it? If, if that was a 45 second, let's say Michael Irvin said, hey, baby, come up to you know, yeah, whatever it right, is. Right. What in the world could have been that bad to warrant this, especially when she left and the guys say she didn't leave upset. It wasn't like she went right to the supervisor or something. So the whole thing is very mysterious. I love what this judge has done, though. I do, too. I also find it interesting that the NFL pulled him before even reviewing the tape. That, Sue, that is the least surprising thing to me at all. And let me just tell you that our friend John Ziegler is going to come on tomorrow night from Los Angeles. Oh, and he's going to. I haven't even brought this up to him as a topic, but I guarantee you what he would say if you say that is, no, 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 no. They're so woke in the NFL. All you had to do is watch a little of the Super Bowl coverage, right? They're so woke, they don't care. And, and especially because of some of the things that have happened with players in the past mm. that they haven't been upfront with. So what they're going to do is always take the they're, side. Yeah. Well, you always have to believe you know, the woman, unless that she's a trans woman and a whistleblower at Wash U, and then you don't believe her, apparently, if you're on the left. But I think it's fascinating. Now, I'm open. I got, I'm not a Cowboys fan. I, I like Michael Irvin for what he did in the NFL, and I think his commentary is good. I'm not going to stand up for him 
if he did something inappropriate, though. But this seems to be one of those situations that's very questionable. Well, the fact that, yeah, that they didn't have any of this, they didn't have her name beforehand, they didn't know who she called. I mean, who at the NFL took the call? I mean, all of it's odd to me that this got, happened before any of this information was I known. I would say it's very, very odd. So that's um, mm. that's very interesting. And it is his livelihood. So I think that before, you know, the, the other thing that was interesting that happened um, maybe related to this in the last couple of days, and, and this is a bit of a different situation, but I'm going to bring it up anyway, because I know that I talked about this and, and you heard me talk about it. And I think your perspective might be, uh, well, I, I'll just remind you, Chris Beard was a basketball coach down at Texas uh, Tech, right? And they fired him because what happened just a couple of months ago is he got into it with his fiance, um, Randy True. The fiance claimed that there was violence and that he uh, he did some things. I'm looking for all the details here. And they fired him right away. Right. And then she came out and said, no. I, and, and she took on some of the um, blame blame herself, saying that that she was partially to blame. So yesterday what happened, so they fire him, Chris Beard, he's canceled, right, because of this. It was a felony domestic violence case. Well, the prosecutor down in Texas dropped it. Now, prosecutors drop things for a variety of reasons. They could have believed that the incident that occurred with the fiancé was real, but if she's not going to testify, you don't have a case. Yeah, you can't, you no you case. can't prosecute someone when you have a victim or an alleged victim who's going to tell you something in an affidavit or in a police interview, and then they retract that. There's no way that a court is going to convict him, right? Well, unfortunately, in a situation like that, you don't know whether she's afraid of him and it's therefore retracting it? Exactly. Or but, whether it didn't... It, this, and that's hmm. a very different situation than Michael Irvin, but I bring it up because you you do have everybody without knowing the facts of any case, they jump in, and I'm sure this happened with Michael Irvin. Yeah, he's an NFL football player, toxic masculinity. You know, the women are always right. I I don't know. I'd love to find out. And again, I am completely open, and I always have been open to other sides of the story. If there was something that happened, well, let's find out about it. But as defiant as Michael Irvin has been in the last week, I'm thinking this is going to fall on his side. We'll see what happens. Get more at 971talk.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 